How's everybody doing? What's up? I want to welcome everybody. Uh, Miles, Pastor The Rock, and um, I am not preaching today. I'm just going to give you a quick update on Israel. Uh, Pastor Ali's going to give a word. Uh, on September 26th, about two weeks ago, a group of us went to Israel, about 30 of us, 33 of us, and we went to a bunch of sites and obviously did all the things that tourists do. And then uh, on October 7th, at 12.30 a.m., we left the hotel and traveled for 27 hours to get home. We just got home last night um, and weren't supposed to be here today. But, but what we found out when we got into the plane in Tel Aviv is that there were bombs going off. As we got on the plane, someone from Israel said, we are being bombed. And we took off, and right after we took off, the plane jerked right. For whatever reason, it jerked right. And we, obviously, we got home. Some of our team got left there and had to take later flights um, it was it was an amazing thing, and I know y'all. How many of y'all seen it on the news? By the way, how many of y'all have not seen it on the news? Don't even know this is happening. You do not know that Israel's at war. Okay, Israel's at war with uh, the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. Uh, you need to uh, watch the news because it has global impact um, on what's happening around the world. And I'm going to talk more about it today. I was going to come in and do a five minute. I was going to do a video. And then I'm going to do a five minute. Then I was going to do a 20 minute conversation because it was just so much to talk about. So I figured I got to come here first to tell you I love you. After being gone over there, amen. <clears throat> After being gone, you know, for so long, for me, for so long in, a, in that place, experiencing what I experienced, I needed to come back and feel this. I was going to make a video this morning and I was like, no, I got I to gotta feel this. So I want to tell you I love you. Um, but I, I want to just give you a few highlights on how to respond. You need to know that this is happening. And you need to understand as much as you can about what's happening. And number one, we support uh, Israel's right to safety and their land. We just want to make that very clear. Um, number two, don't get into the political weeds. There is a political side, there's a military side, but there is a spiritual side. And next week, we're going to break all that down and help you understand the uh, Jewish roots that we have. Uh, who's the man? Jesus. Jesus was not a Christian. He was a Jew. He was a Jew. He's a rabbi. So you need to, we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about the relationship between the Jews and the Palestinians because they are cousins. It's a family feud. And we're going to talk about a lot of the things that are complicated over there that'll blow your mind. Because when I was over there, I was, we were doing a, a tour, but I was also part of a, an event called uh, Peace, Pray for Peace of uh, Jerusalem. And the guy who ran it said, you're going to get your mind blown. And one of the things that happened, is th there were rabbis at this event. We're talking about Jesus. And there were rabbis there who were teaching Christians about the Bible. Blew my mind. Bethlehem is a Palestinian community. It's a Palestinian territory where Jesus was born, Bethlehem. And the mayor is a Christian. And it's by law that Bethlehem always has to have a Christian mayor, by law. And it's 20% of the population is Christian, 80% Muslim. It used to be the other way around. It is the most confusing, complicated place I've ever been in my life. And so I tell you this, Psalm 22, 6, if you could put that up on the screen, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. When you say that, what we are asking God 
to do is to intervene in the most complicated conflict on the planet, that he would intervene in his power and bring peace. That is not a prayer for, the, for one group to dominate another group. It is prayer for God to bring his peace, because he's the Prince of Peace, into a region and, and bless all the people. And the reason I tell you that is because you're going to hear the news, you're going to hear all these people talking about this side and this side and this side, and you're going to hear your friends talk about what side they're on, and that is what the devil wants. He wants to be divided. He wants you to be an activist one side against another. We are called to be prophetic. When you are an activist, you, believe you are trusting in political power, which is man's power. Not wrong with that. But when you are prophetic, you are trusting in God's power, which is superior. So we want to be prophetic. Can I get amen? So I want, you to, I want you to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem because Jesus is going to come back to that city and rule the world. No, heaven's not up there. Heaven's going to be right here. And he's going to rule the world from right there. Next week, I'm going to get into a bunch of stuff related to what's going on over there, and it's going to blow your mind. I'll tell you one more thing. I was, we were in a Holocaust museum. And by the way, this week I'm going to post a lot of stuff. And I'm going to post the interview I did with the future mayor. He's already been elected. I think he takes office in April or February. The mayor of Bethlehem. Um, he is an, uh, uh, an Arab Christian. And so I'm gonna, I interviewed him and just to tell me, explain this to me. And he explains it. I was at an event to pray for the peace of, of Jerusalem and sitting next to me is a rabbi. I mean, an Orthodox uh, Jew, and sitting next to me is the, the general of the army, of the Israeli army. And right down there was a rabbi. And then the mayor comes in, and she's obviously Hebrew. And they started playing a song, and this guy gets up, grabs my hands, and wants to dance with me. Because they just do that thing, right? I'm like, bro, we don't do that. I'm not, I'm not on a flow like that. But I didn't want to offend the dude, so I'm dancing with this dude. And then the, then the general says, you will dance with me now. And I said, okay, I'll dance with you now. Then I went to dinner and sat next to an Orthodox rabbi and had a 45-minute discussion with him about Jesus. And he says, Miles, what I do is I disciple Christians on how to be better Christians. <laughs> Last story, and then I'll... We're at the Holocaust Museum, and I had to come in late because I had a meeting with somebody. And I went to the counter, and I said to the lady, you know, I'm here for, to get my ticket. She says, you're from the Rock Church because it was on the screen. I said, yes. She says, you guys sing. I go, I mean, yeah, I guess. She says, no, no, you, you're a rock church. You sing. And I said, okay. She says, can you sing for me? <laughs> you can't make this up. Now, we're in the lobby of the Holocaust Museum. She says, can you come sing for me? I said, listen, I promise you, when we come out, I will bring our crew here, 30-some people, and we're going to sing for you. So I go back and I say, do you still want us to sing? She says, yes, I want you to sing. I said, why did you ask us to sing? She says, I don't know. So we, in the Holocaust Museum lobby, we get around and we sing to her, worship about Jesus. And she just stood there. I'm telling you, God is doing something that you will never see on the news, but you need to understand because your roots, my roots, the Bible roots is in the Old Testament. And you need to know that. And I'll tell you this last story, uh, last challenge. 
and I say this to myself, and I, and I, I got baptized over there. By, we had a baptism in the Jordan River, so we all got baptized each other, and I got baptized. And this, these two girls and a father from Germany, they didn't have anybody to baptize them, so they let me baptize them. And this little girl was bawling, crying. She got something on her. God got her. Got her. But as I got baptized, I, I made a video. But this week, I'm going to post a lot of videos. Um, one is the, the baptism, and one on Mount Carmel, where the thunder and lightning, thunder and rain came on us as we were up there talking about rain and thunder. And it, it, God just, God just said, "I'm here." But one of the things that hit me, and this is my challenge to you, and this is what you don't want to miss when you watch the television. Do not, don't get distracted with the politics. The commitment to God by the Hebrews, the Jews, especially the Orthodox Jews, and the commitment to God by even the terrorists shames our commitment to God. They're willing to die for their faith. We won't even take our Bible to church. When Sabbath comes, we were there for two Sabbaths. The Orthodox, everything shuts down. They don't drive a car. They don't turn on the stove. You got to go in a Sabbath elevator where you can't even press the buttons. Now, do I agree with all that? No, but that's, their, that's what their belief is. So the, there's a Sabbath elevator that every Friday from sundown to sun, sun up the ne- sundown the next day, it stops at every floor automatic so they don't have to touch the button. They wear their black and white every single day. And they are committed to what they believe. And it challenged me. It's one of the reasons I was in, in the video I made in the, um, after a baptism was very moving to me. God said, listen, you got to take it to the next level. We are weak. Our faith, the church in this country is weak. So that's my challenge to you. Let's not play church. If you've been here for any length of time, you heard me say that over and over again, don't play church. Because the devil's not playing. There were two, three, five, six hundred Jews that were killed the other day. Devil's not playing. They were at a concert. They came in and just shoot, started shooting them and kidnapping them. Devil's not playing. We went to the Palestinian areas. We were right there just three days ago. And literally on the plane leaving, it started. And God said, out. 27 hours later, we're home. Five hours later, I'm standing in front of you. So here's my challenge to you. Whatever this means to you, get your house in order. A year and a half ago, God told me that at 8.30 in the morning, get your house in order. At 3.30 that same day, a friend of mine, Pastor Ray Bentley, died. Maranatha Chapel. God said, I ain't playing. Now, I'm not saying God, oh, by the way, God did take him because he saw, he was praying with his daughter and saw Jesus and said, I see the Lord and God took him. Get your house in order. Don't play church. If you're going to make this your church, Get in a small group, serve, give, pray, let's go. If, if you have another church, go be committed to that church. But don't play church. Amen? <clears throat> let's get on our knees real quick. Let's get on our knees and then I'm going to let Pastor Alice. I know she's over there like, when am I getting up there, bro? I got you, girl. I got you. Let me encourage you to bring someone next week. We're going to talk all about what's going on over there. We're going to talk about our trip. 
but mostly uh, how to help you understand a little better what, how we are connected to what's happening and how what's happening could lead into some trippy end time stuff. Lord, thank you for those 10 days in Israel. Thank you for all the people we met, the rabbis I spoke to, the Palestinians I spoke to, the Muslims I spoke to, and opening up my eyes to so much I did not know. Thank you for our Jewish guide who doesn't know Jesus. Thank you for our Muslim bus driver who doesn't know Jesus. Thank you so much for the Christians we met from 20 countries that were in our group. But Lord, I know it grieves you to watch us as your children live the way we live. I know it grieves you to see us say the things we say and do the things we do and, and not do the things we should, shouldn't do. And here or halfway around the world, the people are dying for stuff we don't believe in, but they're dying because they believe it. Yet we have the truth. And you asked us, and we need to, you told us we know in order to follow you, we must deny ourselves, pick up a cross and follow you. We are, you are asking us, commanding us to die to ourselves. So I pray that your spirit would prompt that in our hearts and that we would live the life that you called us to live, the life that you deserve us to live and not play church. May these words land on everyone's heart differently. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the person a high five next to you. Amen. God bless y'all. See y'all next week. Amen, amen, amen. Welcome back, Pastor Miles. Can we clap it up for our senior pastor? Come clap it up. Rock Church, um, our pastor came back excited, and I'm gonna let y'all know I'm really excited right now for what God's about to do in this place this morning. I'm so grateful to God that he saw it fit to bring our whole entire staff back here safely. And so we can clap it up again for that. He is faithful, he is faithful. Whether you are new or a familiar face, my name is Allison. I happen to serve as the student pastor here for our Point Loma campus. I wanna say hello to everyone here who is in the room, but everyone who is tuning in online, I am so excited that you are in the house of God today. Now, as my pastor said, I agree, we don't play church around here. And I am not coming to play church at all today. So if you are here to hear from the Lord, I wanna ask you right now to take out your Bibles, take out something to write with because we are going to continue our series on prayer. Now, if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, have you been blessed by our prayer series? Can we get an amen for that? Over the last couple of weeks, Pastor Travis kicked us off and talked about why we pray. And my brother kicked us off last week and talked about the way that we pray. And today, I have the profound privilege of talking to you about what happens when we pray. What happens in us? What happens for us? What happens around us? And my favorite part, what happens in the heavenlies? So we about to get gangster boogie today. But before I pray, before I pray, because I want the Holy Spirit to just invade this whole entire time and every word that I say to you. I wanna read a passage to you 
And as I read this passage, I want every single one of you to process this message through the lens of this verse. So if you will, please turn to Hebrews chapter four, verse 14 through 16. And when you got it, say amen. That was real quick. You sure you got that? (laughs) Hebrews chapter four, verse 14 through 16, it's on the screen and it's time to go. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. If you are reading your Bible and you have it open right now, I want you guys to underline that line. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Underline that or write it down because it's gonna tie at the end. Now in all of our locations and here in this room, I want everyone to repeat after me. Say, I have permission. Say, I have permission permission. to be bold. bold. Say it again. I have permission. I have permission permission to be bold. bold. The title of this sermon today is called The Power in the Unseen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you were with me in the room every single day this week, jacking me up. I couldn't focus. I couldn't even think because I knew that what you were putting in my heart is so much bigger than anything that I can say. And there are people here in this room, across our locations, even in Oahu God online, they are expecting to hear from you. So Father, I set aside myself. Would you have your way in me? I give you my voice. Give me your words for your people because they need to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says? Amen, amen and amen. Now I'm gonna keep it 100 with you guys. I started boxing in April of this year. Any boxers in here? All right, so I know who not to mess with. Come on, Jesus. And I'm an athlete, so when you're an athlete, you think you're good at everything. And so when I went to boxing class, your girl pulled up to the class thinking I knew what was up. But as soon as I got in that class, I realized a couple things. My form was off, I didn't know how to defend myself, and at worst, I always thought I knew where the power of the punch came in. So every single week I would go there and I'd be like this, fighting like I'm in the streets of whatever it was, just fighting like this. And the coach would look at me every week and just be like, when is this girl gonna actually hear to what I'm saying? I'm not saying fight like this. I'm saying change your stance. But I'm gonna keep it real with you. I don't like being told what to do. So every time he kept trying to fix me, I kept going back like this, trying to fix me, go back like this. And then one particular class, I said, you know what? I actually want to hit this bag correctly. I don't want to have a messed up hand. I want to recognize really where the power is. See, my coach kept saying, Ali, the reason why you kept getting hurt is because your stance is off. And you keep believing that the power comes from right here, but really the power comes from your legs. If you would get your stance correct, you would be able to experience the full force of the hit. So I said, okay, man, I gotta preach then. 
So I got in my stance and there wasn't a person in front of me. It was just me in the bag. And that was the first time I actually hit the bag correctly. And it was full force. And I'm telling you, that bag did not want it with me. In that moment, it wasn't about how skilled I was. It was about my willingness to adhere to my coach, guiding me, telling me that I needed to change my stance. Today, this is what we're gonna talk about, is this. What happens in us when we pray? The first question to that is this, or the first answer to that is, what happens in us is that we become strengthened. If you will, can you turn to Jude verse 20 through 21, and we're gonna hear our first answer on what it looks like to be strengthened when we pray. Like I said in my analogy, I wasn't strengthened because I had the wrong stance. I got strengthened when I got in the right stance. And here's what Jude is telling the people about how it looks like to be strengthened when we pray. And this is what it reads. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Now eyes up here, everyone here. Let me give you some context. Jude has the shortest book in the Bible, right? So shout out to Jude, you made it, man. But Jude is the author of this letter and he's directing it to a church who is in need of encouragement to stand firm in their faith. This particular church was being infiltrated by false teachers, customs, etc. This letter gave warning to what was happening, but it also gave great encouragement. Jude encouraged the church to build yourself in the most holy faith and build yourself by praying in the Holy Spirit. So probably asking yourself, what does it mean to build yourself in the holy faith? I got you. It says this charge was to stay grounded through growing in community, faith, and understanding of character of Jesus. And now we get to, you can build yourself up by praying in the Holy Spirit. Now I wanna make sure you guys understand this. By praying in the Holy Spirit, it doesn't just mean praying in tongues. Praying in tongues, yes, it edifies the church and it edifies the spirit man, but there are several ways by the Holy Spirit that we can pray to build us up. So what does it mean? To pray in the Holy Spirit is to be moved and guided by the Holy Spirit. When we do this, we pray that the Holy Spirit power and according to his direction. Ephesians 6:18 says this, and pray in the spirit in all occasions with all kinds, everyone say all kinds, of prayers and requests. So with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Like I share with you, my stance was off. And what Jude is telling us is that we need to change our stance in the way we pray from praying to, you know what, God, here I am, this is what I need, to changing our stance to, you know what, by the Holy Spirit, what do you want, what do you need? Because in that, in that, that is how we get built up in the Holy Spirit. We have to change our stance. We have to change our stance. Now listen, listen when I say this. What I am not saying 
is that you cannot pray for what you want. If you wanna keep praying for that girl that you broke up with three years ago and she ain't calling you back, baby, go ahead, keep praying for her. And if you wanna keep praying for your food and cancel out the calories, listen, I prayed for God to cancel the calories all the time, keep praying for that too. And if you're a student in here and you keep praying that God will come and pass that test for you that you haven't studied for, keep praying for that too. But I'm not saying any of that. What scripture says is that all kinds of prayer in the Holy Spirit encourages us to be built. So what I'm reinforcing you today is not limiting you in how you should pray. What I'm asking you is to pay attention to the kinds of prayers that build you up. The kinds of prayers that build you up are the ones that are prayed in the Holy Spirit. Because when we pray, that is how we are strengthened. Can I get amen? amen? Now question number two, and this is where things get a little bit gangster, so just hang with me, hang with me, okay? What happens for us? How many of you ever wonder what happens for us when you're praying? You ever wonder to yourself, is God standing up? Is he sitting down? Does he send an angel to be like, oh man, she's praying for that dude again. Moses, go handle her. Oh man, they praying for the gas. That gas has been on E and they're praying for me to get to the gas station. Hey, Tito, Michael, Janet, somebody go help them. But there is something that happens in us, happens for us when we pray. And here's where it gets cool. The answer is the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. Turn to Romans 8, chapter 26, verse 27. And it reads this. I can feel it. Come on, Jesus. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes. Everyone say intercedes. Across our location, say it again, intercedes. For us through warless groans, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. You know what I love so much about this verse is that it comforts me in knowing that in the beginning of this passage, it gives us permission to be human. Gives us permission to be human. The passage begins by acknowledging that we as believers will face moments of weakness, uncertainty, inadequacy in our prayers. And in those moments, we won't know what to say because the difficulty of the moment will stop us. But here's where the Holy Spirit kicks in. It says the Holy Spirit intercedes when we don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit does so through wordless groans, which suggests that the Holy Spirit not only knows how to communicate to our God, but knows what, how to communicate our emotions and every single thing that we need. The Holy Spirit understands our innermost thoughts and our feelings. And that is so comforting. The last thing which I pray is comforting to you is verse 28 says, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will. I don't know about you, but if somebody was gonna intercede for me, I would want them to know the beginning and the end and all the in between. The Holy Spirit intercedes according to the will of God. And when he prays on our behalf, on our behalf, it is consistent and in full alignment with God's will and divine plan for our lives. Yes. 
Now, what I didn't share in the beginning is that at the beginning of this year, I was asking God to show me how to be a prayer warrior because I saw my mom do it, my dad do it, and I would see them be up early in the morning praying. I used to think to myself, I don't have that. I don't have this desire in me to get on my knees and pray early in the morning. And even when I'm praying, I, I, I just have this connection where it's like, God, are you hearing my prayers or do you only hear my, my parents' prayer because it wasn't as ratchet as I was? But I went on the deep dive and as I have been praying and working through this in my mind, can I just share with you something that's really comforted me with this verse? As I've been praying for a husband, come on, wherever you at, I'm still here, let's go. 5'11", baby, good theology, good teeth, shoot or shoot. I got you, Travis. All right, y'all need to focus. We're here for Jesus. Not love is blind, come on. Oh, come on. My God, shall supply, let's go. Uh-oh, uh-oh, it's getting a little crazy. All right, let's lock it in. So as I've been praying for a spouse, but most importantly, as I've been praying for my dad, my dad has been sick since 2019. And every single day I've been praying. And I'm gonna be real with you. I have had moments where I have felt very discouraged because he has not gotten better. He's actually gotten worse. And this year, as I've been pursuing what it looks like to be a prayer warrior, I've, I've found comfort in just standing in my room and envisioning the Holy Spirit standing right next to me. And as I'm praying and I don't know what to say, I just sense in my own imagination, the Holy Spirit tapping me on my shoulder and saying, I'll take it from here. He said, I'll take it from here. When I don't know what to say, I'll take it from here. And some of you here in this room need that reminder that when you don't know what to pray, when that child is so far away from God that he says, I'll take it from here. I'll take it from here. And so that should comfort you in knowing that he's there. He intercedes, he knows. And the best part is you don't even have to ask. It's his role, it's his job to intercede for you. So what that looks like, yes. So what that looks like practically, okay? All right, pastor, then how do I look like practically? This is the easy application. Let the Holy Spirit do him. <laughs> Let him take care of the things that you keep stressing about. Sometimes when I can't pray, I say, Holy Spirit, according to the scripture, you about to intercede, so go ahead and handle this because I don't know what to say. So if you need application, just do that. And remember, when you do not know what to say, Please remember that this is not the end. This is where the role of the Holy Spirit begins. Let him have his way in your life. Because when we pray and when words are not enough, the Holy Spirit intercedes. Let's go to the next question. What happens around us? These last few questions are my favorite. What happens around us? If you will, turn to Daniel chapter 10, Verse 12 through 14, we're gonna be in our Bible today. And the answer to that is a spiritual battle rages. A spiritual battle rages. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 through 14. 
Keep it there and I'm gonna give you some context. In this, before we read these verses, Daniel receives a vision from the Lord and he understands it is what the passage says. And the vision and the word from the Lord is warning him that war is getting ready to come to his city. And the passage reads that Daniel was so mortified by what was taking place that he fasted and didn't eat for 21 days. And it says on the 24th day, an angel appeared to Daniel. And this is where we pick up in our reading. It reads this, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 through 14. Then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I have came in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Everyone say 21 days. Then Michael, mm -mm, here we come. One of the chief princes came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So let's jump right in and call a spade a spade. What we see displayed in the Old Testament is spiritual warfare. And friends and family, I'm telling you right now, spiritual warfare is not spooky business. It's not anything for us to be afraid of. It is real, 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 real. But Ephesians 6.12 reminds us, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. This passage shows us that the angel was speaking to Daniel and was dispatched to him as soon as he began to pray to seek understanding from the Father. What delayed his arrival was the opposition that he faced while he was en route to answering his prayer. Now, if you look at this passage, you're like, okay, Daniel was terrified by a vision, an angel came and that's it. But here's what you need to understand. And we might miss it, is that that angel was named Michael and that's who was speaking to him. And so in that time frame, it says in the word that when Daniel said his prayer for understanding, the Lord sent someone right away to respond to what he requested. But along the way, the angel said that he faced opposition. But as he shared with Daniel that he faced opposition, to us as the readers is putting things in place that yes, there is spiritual warfare, but I love that he told Daniel not to fear. And in the same way that the angel encouraged Daniel not to fear what he shared, I also wanna encourage you, Rock Church, not to fear. If you are a new person trying to figure out what this whole Jesus thing, you're like, what is spiritual warfare? I'm here to tell you, first of all, not to fear it either. And if you are a person who's been in the game for a long time, you know all the songs, you know how to lift your hands, I'm also telling you too, do not fear what I'm sharing with you because the battle is not ours. The fight belongs to the Lord. And because it belongs to the Lord, guess what? 
you don't have to be afraid to fight it. That opposition is not up against you. Now, in order for this point to stick, I wanna give you guys an example. And I'm gonna give you guys a question. How many of you know a person who is super defensive? Raise your hand. And if it's you, go ahead and raise your hand too. But you know what? I used to be mad defensive. I'm like 20% defensive. It comes out every now and then. I'm like, hey, the plea of brother Jesus, come on. <laughs> but I love watching defensive people because they like get mad. They go to zero to 100 super fast. And what's kind of hilarious is that defensive people, they get mad really quickly. And most of the time, they get in fights about things that not, are not really regarding them. <laughs> The fights are not about them. It's usually something way beyond, but they over here like, oh yeah? So you talking about my Lakers again? I was like, I don't even like basketball. I like baseball. Why are you tripping? <laughs> but they tend to make fights and make it about themselves. Here's why I'm telling you this. It's because today, I don't want you to hear this passage about spiritual warfare and then automatically start thinking that when you pray and when it doesn't get answered, that somehow you're being opposed. That when there's a delay, you think there's an opposition you're facing. Or when you're praying for a Lamborghini and you ain't got it yet, oh, I'm being opposed. Or I've been praying for a date with Michael Jordan and Michael B. Jordan, and it hasn't happened, so I'm being opposed. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying today. Rock Church across our locations, if you don't remember anything else, I need you to understand this about this passage. When the angel came to Daniel, he let him know that he faced opposition. And here's what I need you to lock in, is that when the devil comes and opposes, he doesn't come for you, he's coming to oppose the will of God. That's all he wants. He's opposing the will of God. So with that revelation, it should give you some peace knowing, oh, so when you're tripping, you're not coming at me, you're coming at him. And when he's coming at God, God's like, great, because this is my fight to fight anyways. It's my fight to fight anyways. But here's the cool thing, that when God partners with us, he partners with us in this as well. When we pray, we align in heaven. So as opposition is facing us, our prayers also back up in the spiritual realm. So as he's fighting, although we're not up there, we're fighting along in Jesus' name, declaring, rebuking, and sending back. That is what we get to do. <laughs> spiritual warfare is not something to be scared about. I'm here to tell you, so you can be informed, so you can be aware that every day this is going all around you, but you don't have to be afraid because God goes before you. And it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds and we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to the mind of Christ. What is our weapon in this situation? It's prayer. When we pray, spiritual battles are constantly raging, but prayer is one of our weapons against it. Can I get an amen?
So up until this point, I've shared with you three things. What happens in us when we pray? What happens for us when we pray? And what happens around us? And this is my favorite part of this message. What happens in the heavenlies? What happens? If you will, turn to Revelation chapter eight, verse two through five. And as you're turning there, I wanna give you quickly the answer to that question. What happens in the heavenlies? It says this, every prayer is accounted for. Every prayer is accounted for. And let's read this. And it says, I saw the seven angels who stood before God and seven trumpets were given to them. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much, much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people on the golden altar in front of the throne. Come on, Jesus. And the smoke of the incense together with the prayer of God's people went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Eyes up here, family. Probably reading this and I'm like, what in the world is going on? Again, this isn't anything to be afraid of. Let me give you some context. This passage is written by the author John and it gives a beautiful imagery of what happens essentially to every single one of our prayers. We see seven angels who stand before God who have the important role of carrying out to completion God's divine plan. Every angel has a role and each one is carrying a trumpet. However, one is carrying a bowl, a censer, and this angel is given incense to offer before the throne with the prayers of the saints. Who are the saints, Rock Church? All of our location, who are the saints, Rock Church? The saints are us, the believers. And so I want you to get the visual that God wants us to believe about our God-exalting prayers is that none of them are lost. None are wasted, none are pointless. They're all stored up on the altar of God until the proper time when God pours them out on the earth to accomplish his great purpose. So whether your prayers are a yes or a no or a maybe or a keep going, your prayers are in front of the altar of God and it stands before the throne of God. At all of our locations, this should encourage you. And here is something I pray puts a seal together. In the beginning of this message, we read from Hebrew chapter four. And in that passage, we understand that we, you said it, I have permission to be bold. And in that passage, it encourages us to go boldly before the throne. Now look at this passage in Revelation. Imagine if you took heed to what permission Jesus gave you, what kind of prayers would go before the altar? Because now you know that if I commit to making prayer my priority, my prayers don't just go randomly into the atmosphere. They go, every single one of them, before the throne of God. So my question to you is this, now that you know what are you going to do? 
Every single week you've had a pastor here encouraging you and challenging you and telling you that prayer is important. Prayer is our priority. Prayer changes things. There's different ways to pray. And then today I, I told you that, hey, in scripture, there's something that happens in us, for us, around us, and in the heavenlies. So essentially our prayers can literally change the course of history, of history. So what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Today is the opportunity for us to really hone in on making prayer our priority. Because I believe that there's people here in this room that believe that, but they haven't taken a challenge to make it personal. But I'm telling you that as I prepared this message and I saw the visual of the prayer sitting before the throne, there was a new commitment made in me. And so what I wanna do is this, I'm standing before you today saying, I wanna be a prayer warrior. And so my question today to everyone here in this room across our locations is that can I get a couple of people in this room in San Marcos, in Chula Vista, in El Cajon, and all of our locations to stand up where you are and say, you know what? From this day forth, I am committed to being a prayer warrior. I am committed to making prayer a priority. Okay, I got one. Can I get two? Can I get three? Come on, listen, listen, listen. Can I get a whole church? that can commit. Oh yeah, okay. On all of our locations, I wanna let you know that literally every person here in this room is standing and saying, you know what? Me standing right now is saying, I am not letting the enemy take my child. I'm not the enemy gonna take my marriage. I'm not letting him take my soul, my life. I'm standing in the gap. I understand that my prayers don't go anywhere. They go before the throne. Your prayers mean something. Listen, this is like a couple thousand people up in here. Imagine if we committed to what you're standing for. The earth, the world, the city will change. That's what God wants. That's what he wants for you to come to him and do it boldly and he will answer. And so as you're standing, I'm gonna pray because you're gonna feel good right now, but the enemy's gonna discourage you when you get out and we're gonna put a seal over this. So all across our locations, if you can just put your hands right here in, in receiving position, it ain't weird, it's just saying I receive. So put your hands just like this. God, we are here in this room and we are saying with open hands, Gone are the days of old where we treat prayer like an accessory. Gone are the days where we treat prayer as if you are not faithful to who you are. Our hands are lifted because as a church, we're saying we are committed to making prayer our priority. We are committed to being prayer warriors for our children. We are committed to being prayer warriors for this city. We are committed. We are committed. God, I know that you see our hands lifted across all of these campuses and I know that you will move and I know that you're doing something in people right now and I know that you're doing something for people right now and there's stuff happening right now in the spiritual realm, but we don't have to be afraid because we know how to fight now. And that's what our hands on our knees because when we get on our knees, we have the strength to stand tall. So God, we thank you for awakening something new in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen.